Labor Day needs time off from work. Maybe a barbecue might be official length of summer. But how much do you know about what inspired its creation? The Labor Movement. The Labor Movement started around the Industrial Revolution, a time in the late 19th century when America exploded in size and wealth. Advances in technology created manufacturing jobs, and people moved to cities to work in But it wasn't the workers getting rich. It was their bosses who raked in big profits by paying low wages for long hours. first time in 2000 if she would be thinking, considering doing an exhibition in the contemporary art world. And her question is, how do you put music into a frame? How do you put it on a pedestal? And we started talking and her condition, her challenge to me was saying, try to make an exhibition, a visual museum that's obviously primarily about music. And so there was an ongoing three year, we were in Iceland many times, we filmed a new commission, we developed sound architectures and actually worked on it on a daily level. We have fed you all for a thousand years and you hail us still unfed, though there's never a dollar of all your wealth, but marks the workers dead. We have yielded our best to give you rest and you lie on crimson wool. Then if blood be the price of all your wealth, good God, we have paid it in full. Welcome back to another episode of the Humor and the Abject Podcast, you getting fucked sideways by your boss's screedlers. This is Staff Only, the podcast studio manager. And what an occasion it is to be bringing you this week's episode. It's Labor Day, my good bitch. If you're at work, kidnap your boss. Feed them to an unearthly gathering of swine. Spill their blood in divine retribution for their small business tyranny. This is not their holiday. This is not their world. Gather with your comrades in an orgiastic mob and surround their McMansions. Burn their Land Rovers to the ground. Snort the Land Rover ashes and dust to become death, destroyer of worlds. This is my rifle. This is my gun. This one is for shooting my boss. This one is for shooting my boss's son. Anyways, this week on the podcast, we've got OK Fox and Lucia Love. The brilliant screedlers behind the Art and Labor podcast. Is it serendipity that they're appearing on the Labor Day episode? Probably not. In fact, you might call it God's plan. Let's turn it over to your host, Sean J. Patrick Carney. I'm Ira Glass. Welcome to Jackass. It's episode 79 of the Humor in the Abject podcast. I'm your host, Sean J. Patrick Carney. 
A big-ass fucking howdy from Austin, Texas, Screedlers. How's life in your neck of the woods? I, myself, have just been zooming around in a little car, eating outrageous meals, and getting my footing in this blueberry in a red state. The Beto O'Rourke signs are everywhere here, and this week I learned that he was previously in a band with Cedric from At The Drive-In and The Mars Volta. I mean, what the fuck, you know? Isn't life... Isn't life just a, a wild thing? Uh, you know, the drive coming here was splendid. Claire and I drove a 10-foot U-Haul out of Brooklyn uh, last Tuesday, August 21st, and headed, wait for it, uh, south by southwest. It, I mean, it could be west by, I don't know. I don't understand the directions um, in that sense, but we stopped a lot along the way. We did uh, an overnight in Richmond. We camped in the Black Mountain National Forest, stayed in Athens, camped again in this wildlife preserve in rural Alabama, did a night in New Orleans, and arrived in Austin on Sunday the 26th. I posted exactly zero photos of our trip to Instagram, which should qualify me for some type of award. Uh, But let's get to this week's episode already, shall we? It's Labor Day, folks, and to celebrate the precarity of your status as a millennial gig worker, I invited OK Fox and Lucia Love from the Art and Labor podcast on to talk shop and to talk shit. Shout out to their producer, Joey, for running the boards back in New York so that it does not sound like we are thousands and thousands of miles apart in the recording. Uh, If you're not already listening to Art and Labor, I highly suggest doing so. It is a little ray of light and solidarity. Uh, for those of us who work in the opaque world of contemporary art. Thanks for tuning in. Here's my conversation with OK Fox and Lucia Love. OK Fox, Lucia Love, welcome to Humor in the Abject. Thanks kindly for joining me today. Hi. Oh, hello. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Of course. I have been waiting to have you both on. Uh, this is my first recording from Austin, Texas. Uh, wh- what have I missed back in New York this last week? Anything? Oh, God. It's <laughs> really hot out. It's too... Yeah, it got, it got too hot. And uh, I don't know. We saw the mayor. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was you crazy. saw de Blasio. I listened yeah. to that. How, mm-hmm. how was your... You only saw de Blasio for a moment, though, I understand. We like oh well, we saw him and then and we saw him give the press conference and then we yelled at him during the press conference a little bit. Oh right, mm-hmm. but you only saw him for a moment to get the selfie. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. I was literally coming up the L train and I saw him looking down at me. I was the only one on the staircase. It was very bizarre. Yeah, and then Ooh. you texted me and I was like, oh, I guess I have time to get a snack then because screw that guy. <laughs> which uh, which station were you coming out of? Uh, Grand. Grand. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if it was I didn't know if it was the new Bedford exit. Have you been on that yet? Uh I yeah, I mean I I think so. It's <laughs> no. like it's blocked off, isn't it? The, like one yeah, of the staircases is totally blocked yeah. off. Yeah, I think, it's a mess yeah, over there's there. there's one that's nicer, but I don't know. Well, that's why you know what I'm gonna come out and say right now. That's why I left New York. The L train shut down. No. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, well, we have well, sc- we have like big, uh, you know, in- industrial uh, screens in all the L stations now. So um, the L train's fixed now. Oh yeah, now oh, I yeah. know about um, PS One warm up sessions. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> in yes. a digital Itching. screen that's my tracking one, our movements. <laughs> my one regret is PS One warm up. That's I will miss that the most. Mm. Not my friends. Nothing else. Oh my god. <laughs> 
um, so I, I've been a listener of your pod for, well, I guess about a, a baker's dozen episodes at this point now. Um, and I wanted to invite you both on here to talk about the podcast uh, and also kind of some of the larger stuff surrounding it. And so for anybody who's listening to this on the Humor in the Abject feed, um, Art and Labor, which is OK and Lucia's pod, uh, describes itself as a podcast that's focusing on the ongoing struggle to survive as an art and or cultural producer. Um, and so for the listeners of this pod, uh, could you talk a little bit about your own histories individually as art workers? Um, Lucia, maybe you go first. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> um, yeah. I, gotta, I, went, I like to keep you on your toes. You know? I, I yeah. know. I'm like, wait, I hope I can answer this question. Um, <laughs> just like what, what kind of like what are, because I think I, I mostly just mean like what, what labor have we done? You know what I yeah, mean? Like what yeah, jobs totally. have you had that kind of made you start to think about the labor organizing things in this sector? Yeah, um, I guess first and foremost, I've done a lot of um, labor that was not compensated. Um, oh, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. It's just like I get paid in hardening of the soul. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I've done um, some things that are like called temporary assistant gigs at galleries. Um, like... Uh, I've done a lot of assistant work for other painters. Um, I've also had some shows um, of my own work um, in Chelsea and in Brooklyn. Um, I've done uh, some teaching um, art to kids all around the yeah. city. Yeah. Uh, what else? Jeez. Um, I was, org I worked as the assistant director of Sorry. family business gallery. Um, oh, the Maurizio Catalani and, uh, Massimiliano Gioni. That's the one. That <laughs> yeah. I was the bouncer for the small, small world. Uh, oh, Jason's show. Yeah. Whoa. Cool. Yeah. It was rad. Um, well. it's still one of my favorite moments in art and he's like, so awesome. Yeah, I had yeah, a, I'm a big I had fan a of Domino's. I had a Domino's pizza delivered to that opening to Jason. <laughs> oh, and, and nice. kind of like a, from Portland and kind of like a Tino Chagall. Like I asked the delivery person to list all the things and then say my name at the end of it in the year. When oh, wow. Yeah. And let, um, yeah. Walk him through if, his existence. Yeah, I don't know if it went that. I, I bet the delivery driver was just like, fuck you, and dropped it off, <laughs> I'm sure. but Yeah, they just kicked it across the sidewalk at him. Yeah, yeah. Well, for, actually... non, for non-art people, when you order food to a gallery, it's called relational aesthetics. Yeah, yeah. that is. That's an art. I put my name on it. Um, okay, what about what about you? Where I know that you've done many different things from Disclaimer Gallery to a lot of stuff, but what, just a quick kind of, what areas of labor uh, in the art world have you been part of? Well, for I, I worked for Artform for four years. Um, three of the years was on a 10, 1099 uh, freelance just packing their issues for them, which was truly bizarre because uh, we had none of the benefits of being on a 1099, but um, all of the, like, you know, expectations of, like, uh, your manager sets your hours, your manager sets your rates. Uh, it was it it was a regular part-time job, 
um, it 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 was it was just on a 1099 because then they don't have to uh, pay out workers' comp if we're injured lifting these fucking fifty pound boxes for the fucking rich people all day. Like it's it was it was wild uh, <laughs> and. Yeah, that that was that was like the main one. But I also I had a I have a really insane story about like an internship I had when I was an undergrad at this gallery in Chelsea that was called Daniel Reich Gallery. And uh, it was truly bizarre. And uh, I I just like when I was an undergrad, I was like uh, I was staying at my mom's boyfriend's apartment in Manhattan. I just wanted to do an internship somewhere and uh i i had a job um at my school like digitizing uh slide libraries and stuff so i had like a job that oh, could pay yeah. me i was like oh i'll do an internship too i have time cuz it's i did some of that for david zwerner it was amazing <laughs> because they stuff. actually still had slides for all of their old collectors that would not look at anything like digital <laughs> so you had to have this one where oh, they'd yeah. be like okay let's get in a dark room and we'll we'll put <laughs> Wait, all of this like musty and they wanted to look at the slides yeah, yeah. And you have to set up the slide projector for them mm -hmm. yeah uh. and then you, and then you have to like <laughs> yeah. digitize it for people who are like yeah just send me a pdf what the hell just like yeah. email me the yeah. pictures what the fuck <laughs> yeah don't exactly. they all have they all have ipads they can look at it on i thought that's like the i mean the this was <laughs> this was like six years ago <laughs> At least for me, or seven or eight years ago, I don't like probably eight years ago for me, but um, yeah, it was it, but I don't know. The yeah, the that was a weird gallery to work for. Um, I the like, right they, one, they, yeah, they they wanted me to like work more than what I agreed. Well, first, they didn't want to pay me at oh, all, of course, yeah. and I was like, well, you're gonna have to pay for like my metro card because. They like, didn't offer that. That's like the go-to, I thought, yeah. at least in New no, York. I, I They're just, like, we'll I just pay for your subway. It. I was like, okay. pay for my oh metric card and my lunch. And like, yeah, sure, I can do this. And uh, <laughs> and then they agreed to do that. And then they wanted me to work more. And I was like, well, if you want me to work more, you're going to keep me from the job that actually pays me. So then they started paying me for half of my time, what? which is like very weird. But I mean, it's more than a lot of internships. Yeah. I, they were there. just trying so hard not to pay you. I mean, it sucks because I really liked their program, and he was a really interesting person who like used to run his gallery out of the Chelsea Hotel, and like was very much like a relic of like real, real ass like gay Chelsea. But he was also like a weird rich kid. Like, wait, just so that was didn't... the f that was the first of his galleries was in the hotel. Yes, yeah. And tell and me, he... tell me, he had a second before this location, so that it's the third Reich. Oh no, my god. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's yes! just 20 <laughs> fucking 23rd Street. He, he so just dumb. moved down the street. And then and then the t the 2008 collapse happened and he just never uh, recovered and he just kept like oh, sinking no. himself well, into a deeper and deeper hole and like three uh, of his artists like were suing him. Oh, and like gosh. all this stuff, it was wild. <laughs> well, so it is kind of like you know the Third Reich didn't really it work was out. The, well, yeah. he did he did commit suicide. So <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> what? Oh my god! Yeah, this is horrible. Oh, yeah, shit, wait. guys, it was really fucked oh, up. This well, is no, the I worst. I feel terrible. Well, this is the art world. Oh. I just it's very real, and we laugh because it's oh what else can you god. fucking do? Because people yeah. are just in these really desperate situations. Situations where they just there's no way out, 
And yeah, God. What else can you do? There's no way to backtrack once you get a degree in making <laughs> dreams happen. Dreams, baby. We're all running on dreams. We all eat oh prestige. My. <laughs> oh, my God. That is okay. Uh, uh, I eat Botinos, on. too, sometimes <laughs> when you're paying. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I sort of, you know, I kind of, what, what a sticky little web I've crawled into here. Um, <laughs> I mean, this um, is like the real shit. This is yeah. like what we talk about on our podcast. Yeah. It's no, like. No, I know. It's just, I, I, <laughs> I tried to, I was trying so hard to get a Third Reich joke in there. And then you're like, yeah, he killed himself. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> well. Um, Welcome to uh, hell world, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's fucked up uh, out there. Uh, well, was there, before deciding to start the pod, okay, I remember you had kind of mentioned like a year ago, probably at this point, that you were thinking about doing this, about something that was around labor in the art world, but was there a formative kind of experience that really like galvanized this happening? Was there something that happened <laughs> that it was like, okay, now, all right, it's starting? Yeah, there was. I don't know if I want to talk about it. Yeah, it's you know, funny. If it's, you know, yeah, if it's I mean, I talked about... You don't have to. I talked about the uh, like other horrible shit, but I don't know. I we paywalled uh, the reason oh. that we started the Ooh. podcast. It's so a, a, people but should it's, be. It was about my old job. It was oh. just that's basically all it was. Is you know, uh, had a really weird job experience. I mean, anybody who's familiar with what's been going on with art form can put two and two together. But I mean, I wrote I wrote about it, and I put it behind our drip paywall. So, yeah. but then you got then you got. So you 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 got uh, ousted from the job, yeah. and then you started showing up at the oh right reading group, <laughs> which was awesome. Wait, like, what? I'm sorry I was I was like um, helping to facilitate this socialist feminist reading group with the DSA. And, okay. um, and I, I was in the DSA. I joined. Yeah, but then a, I was like, before, like a year I was ago. just like messaging you ago. when I was still Lady Snowblood. Yeah. Um on twitter and i was like hey hey there's this reading group oh yeah but oh yeah you don't know hey this is lucia um <laughs> like come on over and then you showed up to the group and you were like i'm unemployed and i've been drinking all day i don't know where i was and i was i was like this is so awesome I came. I came that's through. How, I came. That's through. how all podcasts. That's how all podcasts I, I, start. I'm unemployed and I've been drinking all day. Yeah, we. Should I came through to the this. reading group. Like I rolled in and I was like late. I was like 15 minutes late. I'm like, hey, sorry, I'm late. I was drinking at my friend's house. I'm unemployed. Y- y'all get a load of this fucking YouTube shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like quite. It. I was like, what? Like, I like. I always to find during that time. I was always finding ways to shoehorn in a way to talk about the YouTube shooter because I'm really obsessed with. It. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> and then well, I was like, that's radical I've... because I have a little folder of all of her videos yeah. that a friend just sent me. Like. Yeah. Let's hang. We are totally on the same page. <laughs> and everyone else was like, I'm a school teacher. And I, I don't know. I, I think getting married is kind of crazy. I'm in a feminist group about it. Yeah. No, everyone in our group is actually really rad, no, too. They were, they were, no, we're, I don't know if they joking. were like, uh, yeah, they just not, they're just not as, they're not as online poisoned, probably. Yes. Oh, yeah. We're like Maybe. seriously <laughs> online poisoned. Seriously. Um, well, can I ask, has it been, I mean, I know that you all are it, 13 episodes in, right? Plus some like kind of bonus stuff, but 13 I think it's like, yeah, so, 
It's like 18 total, probably. Something okay. like that. Yeah. yeah. Has it... I mean, honestly, has it been... A, was it kind of scary launching this, doing something where... I mean, let's be real. All jobs in the art world, are they're based on nepotism. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. always... It's always who you know and who you're in good graces with and it's really scary to like speak truth to power talk shit about the way that this place does their labor or this place is always late paying people because it's so precarious that you're terrified you will never be able to get a job again or get any type of work so i mean is it freaky are you freaking out while you're doing this or is it just kind of like you know fuck it go for it well i i was ready to abandon it entirely i was ready Uh i'm like i was at a point where i was just like trying to get jobs in completely different industries or fields um because like what like i was applying for like warehouses like doing similar packing work or like archival stuff i still do i apply to like you know just to do do archives for commercial stuff or like things like that um or or like working for the library but i don't have an i don't have a library degree so that's kind of hard but I I do a lot of library. I've done a lot of library jobs in my life, so that's sort of what I was thinking about, and or like books and zine stuff, um, like because I do a lot of stuff with that. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I was ready. Um, but uh, it with with Lucia, I we were talked. We talked for like a month and a half. Like, what should we do? Do you want to be anonymous? Do you, we can oh, would you have done like a, weird voice disguises? I have no idea. We we were just like playing <laughs> yeah. around with it, but yeah. then it was kind of like, actually, why don't we just do this because it's gonna help more people than it is. I don't know. Like, I I, I also I feel like I also have like a a little supportive. You do. You have people who who like, really like you and will always give you work, I think. Yeah, it's just it's kind of like once you have a solid team in your corner that um like you can come out as a socialist too or like, <laughs> you know, I was like, "Hey, I'm reading a lot of Marx and like I'm trying to figure this stuff out." And they're like, "That's radical, dude." Like go for it i'm like okay. yeah and i feel that way with like zine people like sure. there's so many people who like have my back who will like send me uh weird jobs and send me stuff yeah. like i because uh, yeah. the, the people who run off of nepotism are always going to be like against like meritocracy anyway i don't know yeah. it's like <laughs> they're not gonna give me a job and they were never gonna give me a job so i could keep my mouth shut or i could speak truth to power and either way they're gonna be like i have a cousin who i just like hanging out with more so yeah no, that makes, i mean I, I i you're right i understand as you're explaining this that it's kind of like i mean what not to not to say that what you're doing isn't like bold because I think it is, but also it does beg the question like what's really at risk if like these people aren't interested in hiring anybody outside of their right. immediate network the, in the this, first place. So this, it seems the scarcity almost... isn't real. It's all it's all created to make us feel like there's a scarcity, but the the world is pretty big and there's plenty of people. Um, we it's a whole ass world find. out there. Yeah, yeah. We're making art for our friends. Yeah, it's great. That's what I want to do. <laughs> um, the thing that I have really liked about Art and Labor is that each of the podcast episodes uh, kind of comes with this mini bibliography 
of links and reading <laughs> oh, materials. Oh, thanks. I work on that. Media. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I remember <laughs> recently you all were talking about, you know, kind of preparing for a show, getting the notes together and stuff. And I think maybe, okay, it was you who said something along the lines of like, I feel like I'm writing a syllabus for each oh, episode right. almost oh, yeah. or getting something together. And But the thing that I think is interesting in the way that you approach it is that by providing all of these links and kind of, I really like that sometimes you're reading through this stuff together on the podcast and it creates a different kind of environment where it doesn't feel to me like either of you is positioning yourself as an authority on it, but it's almost like this, it's kind of like an open class where even though I can't jump into the conversation, I'm invited to be part of a learning process instead of pretending that you're both authorities on every single thing you cover. Um, and I wonder, was that, did that just kind of happen naturally because of your personalities or was it sort of like, we're going to go into this thing as a, as a pedagogical vehicle that is kind of inclusive? Well, if you, if you give a shit about like, um, uh, like abolishing hierarchies, you start to think about where hierarchies start to pop up in your life. And uh, like in a lot of people, a lot of like, like socialist people think like, you know, when, if you go to these sorts of meetings enough, you like, you know, like I think Lucia and I were both pretty involved in Occupy and things when we were in college. And like, you learn how to facilitate a group discussion there that is a little, like it's still kind of hard like it's like you can't it's hard to eliminate it entirely but you learn methods to it, it, to bring people in that yeah. isn't like the way that like you just you you want to try to unlearn the ways that um hierarchies develop and like the the it, it, what's weird is like i don't know it, like sometimes like there are people listening who don't who who could have a lot to contribute, but if you're not giving them an in, mm-hmm. uh, they'll never say anything. So I don't know. You yeah. want to be sensitive to people. Yeah. I think. I think like also the way that we work is that we will like find a a topic or sort of like isolate something that uh, then can be the focal point for research. And I know that like. I don't know. For me personally, I'm a lot more comfortable researching history and like I don't necessarily know how best to be like um, active, like an activist out and like going to to pickets and stuff and like being in the day. But I know like how to find catalogs of experiences and then share that and be like, Oh, well let's cross reference stuff and let's like try to make this the most well-rounded experience that people can not only access, but also like that they can feel comfortable approaching us if we don't get something right. Or if like they yeah, have something yeah. else that we didn't find. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it is. Do- it- I was I was just gonna say you all do something that I feel like I once I heard you doing it I was like oh I do that all the time where I'm just sort of like if I didn't pronounce that person's name wrong I don't know deal with it or like I don't <laughs> to not pretend like you know every single thing but uh, Lucia you just said I heard you use the word approachable or people can approach and I think approachability is what's huge for me about the art and labor podcast is that I can go in and not assume that I have to have a prereq before I go into the episode, because you're going to help prime me and we're going to go there together and you're going to provide avenues of further research if I want to know more. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty chill, honestly. Like, I've I've tried to put the <laughs> podcast out on, like, 
boards where people think about critical theory and they kind of hate us because they don't they're they just want a lecture they just want yeah. they want an authority uh, and and but <laughs> I, like, I feel like we reach more people when we're just like ourselves <laughs> yeah uh so it's well and also there know. are a lot of young people who want to know about this stuff but if you spoke with i mean if you spoke with like a feigned authority a you'd turn them off and b you wouldn't be being honest yeah i think we would turn off more people if we if we catered to people who normally like learning about you know philosophy and critical theory huh. in the traditional way yeah, i feel like there's also so many experiences where i've tried to get into marxism or like other political philosophies and i've had the thing where somebody hurts my feelings because i don't yeah. learn in the that same way or sucks. if i don't learn fast enough and it's like dude i'm trying to like save my own life right now so i don't want to be like I don't want to get hurt and I don't want to hurt someone else who just like wants to understand how their life could be better, like through solidarity. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I think about that a lot in terms of this kind of like, I mean, don't get me wrong. It is, of course, it's fun to dunk on libs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like everybody loves a good dunk on a lib. But at the same time, like especially for younger people, you know, who are kind of coming to this stuff, a little yeah. bit of like openness or handholding is don't actually know very cool who is young. and generous. You don't know who is young on the internet. You really don't. Like <laughs> you, you, you think you do. I'm gonna get that tattooed on me. I don't know. It's Wait, no, so... that's gonna that's gonna read real wrong. You don't know. <laughs> well, my. Okay, one of my favorite cartoonists is this dude, Pete Toms. I love him. He makes, like, really interesting comics, and he has this, like, uh, Pete, well-known Pete Toms-ism of um, everybody is is 16 on the internet. Oh, like, true. Everybody is just 16 years old, perpetually, yeah, forever. Totally. Uh, oh, man, I am. Yeah. Uh -huh. No, yeah, that... Like, we're, we're all 16, no matter what. Oh, gosh. Oh, that makes everything so complicated. Listen, 16-year-olds, just don't DM me pictures of your feet. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> but um, I, I, all, I, all I mean, like, is, like, I just feel like um, you kind of have to meet people where they are, and like sometimes yeah. there there are folks yeah. like our age or older than us even who just like they've been taught a fucking bill of lies like all through like right. every history class they've ever had. So like it's a lot to unlearn that, and you have to be patient with people. Like you can't just write them off immediately unless like it's it's. I think it's like there are we know who like the obvious like shills who deserve it are, but like. I don't know. You don't want to then alienate people who are just trying to do the right thing, who, by the way, are often like women and queer folks mm -hmm. who really they just they don't want to offend uh, people. They under they understand privilege dynamics and they're not sure how to apply that like in a constructive way sometimes. And like those are the type of people where we can be like Marxism is kind of similar to queer theory in a yeah. couple of ways that you might be interested in, uh, you know, <laughs> or feminist thinking too. Like this is all linked struggles. Like that. Like yeah, you can't ha like communism and socialism have failed in the past for not reaching like for not for not reaching non-white males you know right so right yeah the kind of that make i know that i've heard you all speak a bit about this kind of like 
the lack of consideration when uh, on the left when it's an insistence on class struggle first and foremost and almost nothing else and that by being so kind of militant in that you really do lose the potential for connecting with and and empathizing with and creating a broader movement that has people of multiple identities who share who do share a class struggle but sometimes that militancy without acknowledging that you need to approach different people differently it ends up being really unsuccessful or or looks really homogenous right and and then like that's like a signal to anyone who doesn't conform to that homogeneity that totally, like yeah 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 you're not welcome here basically like right if you look at a room full it. of yeah. yeah i mean you usually look at a room full of dudes that look like me right like, <laughs> i mean literally that's what it is and so it's bunch like of don't... lego men i mean that like yeah. that's why our <laughs> lego men lego men oh, no no no, no. <laughs> i do have like Dig. no i like my outfit is like a lego man like i oh, like, oh, it's no. literally, like a little drag lego her sis fucking lumberjack. <laughs> um and you know what, actually i i think what i was saying um as I was mentioning kind of like younger people, it's like, I don't, obviously I don't, you're right. I don't strictly mean younger people. There are a lot of people of different age groups who are just coming to this stuff. And I think the reason that younger was in my head was kind of um, on, I, I think it was episode number 12. So just a couple episodes ago, which was uh, titled Art as Agency in the Dirtbag Left. Um, you oh, both yeah. were kind of, you were advocating for the value of art uh, in the pursuit of revolutionary politics. And I remember there was one part, I can't remember, Lucia, okay, one of you had mentioned kind of like as a young person getting almost like given permission to be a dissident uh, after 9-11 because of like a David Cross stand up or something. Oh, that was and, me. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and as much as like, <laughs> and as much as I think like as an adult, you know, you might look at a lot of political art or even comedy or something and say, oh, this is so like stupidly didactic or so obvious. Um you can forget the impact that that can have on somebody who's just coming to this stuff, especially people in their formative years. And Weird little so puzzle I, pieces. Yeah, so I just want to say thank you for reminding me that because I, I do feel like I can look at some stuff and just be like, oh my God, so obvious. But then it's like, you know what? The stuff that made me not turn right when I was a teenage guy <laughs> was all the stuff that now seems totally obvious, but it made me not turn into a little shithead. Yeah, it's actually like a Kandinsky... Uh, weirdly enough, writes a lot about this. <laughs> what? Uh, Kandinsky really? writes about this stuff in spirituality <laughs> okay. and art, and really? um, yeah, he 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 like talks about the idea that all of our consciousness is linked, and that um, we form a mental landscape that is shaped like a pyramid. So, all right, it's it's pretty far out, and it's a little bit um, awkward because he talks about it in this like hierarchy of philosophical uh, discovery where there are people that are like at the head of this like spear tip of thought that is like they're they're like cutting through reality and space and time oh and then and then like <laughs> and then like passing thoughts back behind fuck. them yeah he's dude that guy was tripped the fuck I out so tripped out. did he not was so know like... any of that and i am always just like oh yeah, and he, he was this, really this, into the, the doodles yeah yeah but he was because he, yeah, he was really into what's that called sense when you like smell colors oh yeah or whatever. synesthesia yeah yeah he's super no. into synesthesia well yeah because his mu his paintings were supposed to be like illustrations oh of what music looks what like. music looks and like wait, yeah wait, yeah i this is i literally was just talking about this the other day but every every teen group that i've ever taught 
there's yeah. always like one like my whole life is a dark room kid um <laughs> who, you know what i mean i was one of them so i can say that but <laughs> like, yeah. a kid who comes in and is just like uh you guys ever heard of this thing called synesthesia? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, There's always crazy. like a kid, a kid who's like, yeah. I can fucking smell colors, dude. <laughs> like, okay. Fuck I yes. mean, that's wait until you try drugs. Like, those are going to blow your fucking mind. But <laughs> kid rules. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. No, I did not know. But that's, that's, I want to check that out. Uh, that's amazing. I, you know, I just, there's so many artists that just to me are a plate like an image in a in an art history textbook and I don't even think about them as like a human being who was alive <laughs> right. at oh, some yeah. point. I mean, like, yeah. You... <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's it's weird. Like his the history is weird cuz like I feel like I go back and forth with being like, well, we have all the photos, we should probably just burn all the art. Oh, they're no. just like they're just like sitting and collecting a, like asset money for some rich idiot. So maybe we should <laughs> just very, burn, burn them melt them all down. Futurist. I I don't know. There's some there's some though. Like I would have a really hard time burning like a Velasquez. I don't no, know. I would no, have so, like it's I don't just, know if I can do that. It, it's a weird like. I I just like come back to it a lot because I'm just like there's so much of it and how many of these people are we gonna have to memorize in perpetuity? But what about like Goya? Well, maybe we just oh, have dude, one of each. Oh, but you should burn a Goya. That would look so rad. That's a Goya true. that was on fire. Yeah, Saturn eating his kids and burning. <laughs> if Whoa. you could do like a, a Kennedy flame where it's always on fire. Oh, yo, that's that. so metal. <laughs> like how, how, there's so many to memorize and think about. Like, and, and like, times yeah. it's going to keep happening. And, I don't like, know. Oh that's, I kind of love gonna build that, MoMA though. 3, build MoMA 4, build yeah. MoMA 5. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if you ever just need a monk to live there in... In MoMA ten thousand, like yeah. I'll I'll do that. MoMA ten thousand. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Well, I I don't know. I mean, I was just thinking about all that stuff, and as as I was listening to that episode, I remember that anecdote being sort of shared. And for some reason, I had this like like my mind zoomed back to it. Must have been it was it was the Bush presidency. It was around mm. like post nine eleven, and I remember like, and I'm just gonna admit this because it it's not cool to be cool. A Boy Sets Fire t-shirt that I saw that I really wanted that said, protest is patriotism. And I was like young enough to where I was like, fuck, it is. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like that blew my fucking mind at the time. And now I'm just like, come on. Fight for your right to party, dog. (laughs) But but that was, uh, but that, I mean, that kind of stuff is important. And I think that the reason I was asking is because so much of kind of contemporary left discourse, kind of like understandably, I get it that art is this frivolous bourgeoisie kind of endeavor, but like it does ignore a shitload of potential of like who it can reach and what its function is and why it's valuable. Because I'll make fun of contemporary art as much as the next person. Like, come on, let's be real. But really like art and media and things like that, I'm not saying everybody who makes it has a responsibility, but they can have a really big impact. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to pretend art like is also that... supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be ridiculous, and there there is a lot of like writers backing up the way that like art has this special importance simply because it doesn't have a function. You can't really yeah. use it to like bust down the wall of the castle or something. It's Unless it's, it's also, a flaming it, Goya and you can charge into the... It's also, it, it's also like the the lines between art, media, propaganda, 
advertising mm. are also fucking blurry and they're all like things that we need to contend with. It's not something that you could just like brush aside like whatever. There's like so many fucking art schools churning out people every day, getting them into a huge amount of debt to go <laughs> into this like weird bloated like industry that doesn't make any fucking sense. And so like why don't why don't we address this? Like why not address yeah. especially if you're based in New York City, like where a lot of like there's so there's thousands i mean i used to pack all the comp issues for art form for every fucking gallery museum institution and those are just people who can afford art forum but then there's like there's a ton of blue collar workers in the art world that i'm just saying all the people who work for those places like imagine that like 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 the like ten thousand probably fucking places just in new york city you know and then all the workers of those places are they not workers? Like, it's right. like what? It's like that. Uh, wait, I think I talked about it on this on another podcast. But like, um, the advert, the advertising, like advertising is a shitty industry that doesn't make any fucking sense. But like, the receptionists for these places, the mm. janitors for these places, like, how are we going to reach them? You know, like how are you know? Yeah, it's yeah, like this isn't guys... a necessary like thing that we would need in the revolution. But how are we going to help them? Yeah. And the industry is yeah. only getting bigger. Yeah, it's only getting bigger because, like, like capitalism just keeps eating its own fucking tail. And so if all the industry is going to other countries, then it has to get replaced with something. So it's just getting replacing <laughs> placed with media, advertising, and art galleries. Like, Yeah, and you guys have talked about it before on episodes, but how how often it is that artists even if they're poor don't perceive themselves as part of a working class for some reason and it's like and it's just a shame because like it's a perfect population of people with a particular type of criticality to to welcome into like a leftist kind of organizing or uh, moving towards a socialist future or something it just it's right so much of it is counterintuitive and i, I right. think it's because everybody thinks they're going to be the one out of their graduating class who gets gallery representation and is a studio <laughs> artist for a living or Even people though- just like I, I don't know i was reading an article in lit hub today that was like pretty good um and it was about like you know, calling for like a socialist MFA. Oh, in, you tweet! In, I read it. You tweeted hmm. it out. Yeah, yeah. It and was, and they um, talk and they they talk about the Situationists and they talk and they talk about like the Paris Commune, but they don't mention Trotsky and they and they don't mention like yeah. the CIA's history with defining the modern MFA uh, in America. Yeah, like which you it, all did a great survey of in episode ten of Art yeah, Labor, the whoa, podcast. Dang. I would like to plug. Yes. So. Oh my god! <laughs> it's so no, weird. You did. No, you did it's for awesome. real. And, and, I, and that article for anybody who's listening who didn't see OK Tweet, I read it because you tweeted, and it was um, uh, Juliana Spar, I think, is the writer's name, and it yeah. was called like "Building a Better Parenthesis Socialist End Parenthesis uh, MFA System." And it was something. Yeah, like that. read but it. Right. I it, mean, it's it, good. It, ignored, it did ignore a lot of that stuff. And the other thing is, and I know it was about creative writing, though, primarily, right? Yeah, it but like so that was, was the our, our yeah our episode where we we talk about the Iowa Writers Workshop yeah. that is about cr- creative writing MFAs. Yeah, like, and also like there's not really any distinction between medium of creativity here. Like we don't have to put up these boundaries of like, oh, that's about this kind of an MFA. This is about 
like an MFA where we just do woodworking, so there's no way to build solidarity with yeah. someone who's a writer. Like. They should be able to build their woodworkers. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but oh I was thinking, I, I was making the, um, pointing out that that thing for anybody, if you read it, is about creative writing. Is The other thing that's missing from it, and it's, maybe it's because it's about creative writing, that's not my field or my experience, but... The thing about MFAs um, in the visual arts that I was like really wanting to know if it's the same in creative writing, reading that thing was more from the institutional perspective, which is that at private art schools in particular, especially ACAD schools, which are like your RISDs, your School of the Art Institute Chicago's, your Pratt's. Is that what they're called? Like, I didn't know that. <laughs> it's, AK, it's A-I-C-A-D or something. It's like American Institute. College of uh, College of oh, Art okay. and Design. Okay. I mean, some, oh, right, right, some, right. Some yeah. acronym like that, but it's that kind of like you know right. it when you see it. It's like right. porn. You're like, oh, that's an ACAD school. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, they, a lot of them, and uh, not all of them, but MFA students are uh, seen as cash cows. I oh, mean, yeah, it's yeah. Like, totally. They they use almost no resources. You give them a a ten by fifteen studio space for two years. They're paying tens of thousands of dollars annually and they don't even take the regular classes i mean they are a yeah. huge influx of income to an the, institution that was that... one of the things that happened up at uh columbia was oh there. oh right. didn't all the yeah. students there they like uh wait i'm i'm there's not gonna try to things. explain it because no I, no there's I, a couple different yeah. things with columbia columbia's um, like exploding right now so Lucia, yeah. Lucia, you talk about the thing you mean because that's different that's different than the strike the strike was like in solidarity with the cafeteria workers and that was mostly the undergrads but Lucia yeah. is right. talking about but there was a grad but there was an mfa specific thing too right where they were like demanding mm -hmm. their tuition back yes yeah because their their program was falling apart and uh the, i know that um i guess their actual like building infrastructure was not up to the levels that like their tuition should be paying for and their money yeah, it was, like was flooding and stuff right yeah like their art was getting damp like it was literally falling apart yeah <laughs> it's wild yeah and their money is just going to other places in the in the campus and like nobody really cares whether or not these people have an education it's just more like oh well you're on the premises to meet like I don't know who's yeah. teaching up there and anymore because the faculty's like leaving too. And you are going to subsidize our STEM yeah. like uh, master's program or right. whatever. So, yeah, that was it. Remember the USC 7? That was like one of my favorite things. The whole grad class that dropped out of USC collectively. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was one of great. the. I got to write about that and interview them. And I interviewed like Ale Steiner, who was one of their faculty and stuff. And yeah, that was... I kind of remember. I think that, I think it was you. I think I, that's why I'm familiar with that. Probably. I was like 20, mm. It was like 2015. It was like forever ago, internet age now but i just yeah. remember and i and i kind of thought i was like oh my god this is like the the something and then it was like and no i am not criticizing the usc7 i mean fucking that was one of the coolest things i've ever seen like a group of art students do they were just like fuck you we're gone after yeah. a year that was amazing but it was just kind of crazy how it became like this little radical footnote and everybody just kept going and like oh, going yeah. to school and stuff. it was kind of crazy because i was like oh this is like pulling all the this is pulling the wool back or whatever the phrase is and everybody's gonna see and then it just kind of was like well i don't know you know it's like i mean yeah I, that's kind I of the really, nature of activism that, at but. this point too is like we experience these moments that are 
memorable for the people that were lucky enough to be on the feed in the moment or like if you know even better if you participated or helped to organize it but then we still seem to be having a difficulty with like maintaining any kind of fervor or like any kind of like I, I don't know. I just wanted to say aftercare, but it's not the right <laughs> word. <laughs> no, but but it's understandable too, because I mean, people have people were under capitalism. People have fucking jobs and responsibilities yeah. and rent, and they burn out. Like they can't be exp- You can't be a revolutionary sixty hours a week, like yeah. and and live in a place like New York City. It's just not a reality. Um, but I, I think an interesting thing though is that there are lots of different ways to approach it. And Lucia, earlier you said, you know, I don't necessarily know how to do like on the ground activism or participate in these things but it's interesting to think of like art and labor as a project that you've set up that kind of holds both of you accountable to an audience where you will continue these conversations and be kind of a site for that to happen especially for folks who maybe not everybody can get to a protest not everybody can physically participate in one not everybody is safe in those environments and so everybody kind of, you know, is going to have to approach a different way. And I guess if you can figure out how to maintain your stamina and if doing art and labor is how to do it for both of you, then I think that's really cool. I don't know. Heck yeah. Yeah. Sneak the revolution in your ear. Well, I, you know, yeah. I'm just, I'm set on like, on living as cheaply as possible. Like, and like we talked, we talk about this sometimes, but it's just like, if, if people if people feel like supporting us enough and it's like just enough to survive off of, it would just be amazing to just like research this stuff and participate in these groups. Like just, you know, as a job, like would be ideal because we're, we are seriously dedicated and you can hold us to account on that. Like we're different from other podcasts in that way where we're just like, we know we we are we went to art school. We knew what we were getting into, like in a, to a certain extent. Like we knew that it would be a lot of like cheap living. Like we can see the you know the history of people who have done that. And and I haven't played PlayStation since we started the pod. Oh my god, I haven't touched my Switch. I bought a Switch when my job was really stressful, and it saved my life when I was so stressed <laughs> out. Seriously, I was playing Stardew Valley, and I was just like, this is literally saving my life. Oh, you, you can go back on my Twitter and look up my tweets about Stardew Valley. I was just like, literally, I, I felt like I was going to die every day, and I'm uh, alive again in my little farm town uh, and my farm boyfriend. <laughs> oh, wait, did like, you say Stardew Star, do you say Stardew Valley? Yeah, it's the oh, like for, it's like you know it. Millis- no, for a millisecond <laughs> when you said that you were playing that on PlayStation, I thought of Star Wave from oh. Facebook. And oh, I was wow. like, they have a video game? Wow, man. Somebody took that STEM shit seriously. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's a game where you have to post about like oh, someone who God. put a group about show Ryder together Rips. that are all dudes. <laughs> oh, my God. How did Sean even know boss? about that group? I'm so surprised. Yeah, wait a minute. That's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ever look at it. I just knew it existed. No, I think, no, I would say, I mean, I don't know it about it. I but I will say that I think people people seem to respect its sanctity. I never saw it. I just knew of it. That's all. I didn't Interesting. look at it or anything. That's pretty cool. Knew, it's like people Star Wars just, famous. People knew it existed. <laughs> um well are there any um kind of like 
tips that you all have picked up from uh, conversing with people or just kind of in your own lives for, because I'm sure there are people listening who have, like I have had and like you have had, jobs at cultural institutions or arts places and things like that where you're so petrified of like the precarity of your position in the first place. You're so afraid to lose your job that it feels impossible to advocate for yourself or for your coworkers or anything like that to make the conditions better. Are there like any things that you found or just like practical tips for how somebody can try to approach somebody else they work with and say, Hey, should we try to uh, get raises or don't these hours seem fucked or anything like that? I mean, I don't know. If you don't, it's okay. I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but I was just curious if you've heard anything. No, I actually, I have, an, I have an answer to that. Like when, when I was like 20, I, I was uh, between college, I, I was uh, living in uh, Greenpoint or not. Uh, no, what is it? It's like uh, Fort Greene. Thank you, Joey. <laughs> Joey remembers. Um, uh, yeah, I was, li- I was living in Fort Greene and um, there's this like, amazing woman who my friend started dating who gave me the advice of always living two steps below your means so uh. if you're earning a certain amount like yeah and you feel like oh i can get a one bedroom on my own on this amount just still live with a roommate you know like even if you can't afford it just still live with a roommate or you know if you're like oh, i'm in this it's so desperate rent is so fucking high i don't know what to do Think about, consider getting a fucking bunk bed and splitting your room for the time being. Like, it sucks, but it's it's better than living on the margins all the fucking time. And also, do not be afraid of going on food stamps. Do not be afraid of applying for unemployment if you're fired. I've been on unemployment. It rules. Uh, <laughs> like, you know. I have, the- also, I have also been on unemployment, and <laughs> I was like, you know what? I've been paying into this my whole life. Exactly. Like, and right now I need help because my job ended and mm-hmm. I, I didn't have a job. So it's there's like... No, yeah, there's no shame in like utilizing a social safety net that you've also supported, yeah. you know? Right. Like we're in this together. Yeah. It's like there's no reason to... Unless you're some shit who's like taking food stamps who doesn't need them and your parents are actually paying for everything, then you shouldn't feel bad about it. If you just... If you need it, then what the fuck, you know? And if it feels really stressful, like, oh, I have to maintain this lifestyle, it's just like, you know, do like, do you re- like really examine that and be like, it, would it really be that bad if I had a roommate? Yeah. Like, and, and then as far as like organizing goes on jobs and stuff, like I've definitely been in that position where. I don't know. I, I've been the person who's at the job like, can you believe this bullshit? This is fucking bullshit. That guy, he's he's like actively participating in sexual harassment on the clock. And I'm staring at it right now and I'm yelling at him and he's still doing it. And like, where's our HR department? And what the fuck is this? And what the fuck is that? And of course, like, I don't stay on that job because they're like, all right, you got to go because you don't understand that the our culture here. Yeah, you don't understand the culture. <laughs> oh god. Uh, sorry. <laughs> you don't understand our, our our masturbation room culture. Yeah, oh seriously. God. Well, That's at least they have a, a room. That's not a joke. I'm I'm Wait, referencing what? a real thing. Yeah. Like actually had oh a job that where the dudes had a room with like fucking lube in it. <laughs> it was like it's so gross. They... Uh never mind. What oh, Jesus I know. Christ. Wow. Wow. Super wow. weird. 
Um, <laughs> that's the life. Christ. Yeah, but I mean, uh, as far as that stuff goes, like I've never successfully like found a way to uh, fight that from inside, but. I do yeah, know. you might fail. What I was trying to get yeah. at was like it'll it'll probably fail. Yeah, it's like, but is it that big of a deal? Like, are you really in? Like, will you be on the street? If so, I get it. But if right. if you have a certain amount of like safety net, if you have like a parent you could live with, or like I don't know, like any sort of thing, like if it really wouldn't be that bad if you downgraded your situation, then what do you really have to lose? Yeah. Like, right. No, that makes sense. Instead of seeing every like thing is like, well, I'm getting paid $2 more an hour now, which means that I can spend this much more on rent. It's like, why not pump the brakes so that you have at least you some, can make a cushion. some enfranchisement to speak up for yourself or leave a place if, if you are able to, if you yeah. have like... If, but also yeah. like... Friends who have tried to organize and that have gotten further than I have in their situations, like, um, they've gone and, you know, really, really tactfully talked to their coworkers and been like, hey, you know, we should actually go meet at a restaurant or something or a bar yeah. after work and just make sure we don't do anything on the premises. Like, just make sure that when you are talking to people, um, don't you know don't don't stress anybody out about it just talk about like how everything could be better if you know we all go and as a group as a group all of our signatures together like yep. say that we all want a union because that's the way that we're going to make it is like building that face time with each other getting trust in each other and right. then putting all of our names down together and acting in unison, it's going to take time and it's going to be hard because, uh, you know, those friends got fired also like in the middle of it, but it, they ended up talking to people who were in the union. So, it, I mean, they were close. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know in, in my situation, like um, the, the times that I've speak, spoke spoke out at my job helped people after me and it helped people in my old job after i was promoted like it might not be for you it might be for the person after you and right. yeah you, like that's cool yeah that's you're right good job you did it because most uh <laughs> or many jobs will do everything in their power to make sure that you are all fighting each other tooth and nail to get one more inch up the chain <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> um well lucia and okay thank you so much for doing this uh most ambitious crossover in podcast history oh my god john um, <laughs> for your for your sound collage can you put in uh johnny johnny no sugar Whoa. that new thing that thing that no claire told me i can't sing it anymore yeah, I'm like, you know, oh i can't what the it's, fuck it's, that he is... it's hell it's hell it's hell it's hell it's here. unreal. Culture is over. Oh. I just want it's everyone to get to get to the point where they realize that culture is over. It's not worth saving. Yeah, that's <laughs> going to be put that in the next new museum triennial. The only work that would be the boldest curatorial move because also it'll be the triennial just happened, so it'd be three years from now and nobody will even remember those videos. But if you just oh. did that, oh my that's, god, that's the kind well, of cultural production. I mean, I maybe we should. <laughs> Yeah, well, we've been reading manifestos on the podcast. Maybe we'll do the Unipon manifesto. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'm into that. Just get people's um, wheels turned. 
Well, amazing. So anybody, anybody who's listening to this on the humor and the abject side, please check out Art and Labor. Also, go and support them on Drip. I believe the address is d.rip slash art dash and dash labor. Is that yeah. correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yes. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to have so, some real cool T-shirts ready for... Um, I keep hearing about these. <laughs> yeah, okay, they're going to be ready. There's actually a date now, September 22nd, for the Art and Labor Party. There's going to be Ooh. a big oh, old show. Oh, where's the Art and Labor Party? The party is going to be at my place. <laughs> so okay. if y'all know Lucia, get at her, and she will tell you where her place is. But September 22nd is going to be a big old party, and you can get a T-shirt there. <laughs> slide into those dms oh yeah <laughs> uh, cool well seriously thank you both for doing this thanks for making art and thank labor you. one of my favorite pods um i've been really excited listening to it and thank uh, you re-listening to some in the last couple of days has made me nostalgic only a week out of new york oh my god um, and uh I guess as now a resident of Austin, I just want to say that they're putting things in the water. In the water, yep. <laughs> Turn the freaking frogs gay! <laughs> Welcome, the water, Austin! The water, the water here does taste weird. It's hey, not the, as the, good as... It, yeah, it, keeps, it keeps Austin weird. That's how. Yeah, it's not That's as good it. as New York. Um, okay, well, thank you both so much. Uh, and to everybody out there, thank you. We'll catch you next week. Thanks! Thanks. Thanks. Man! Take my hand, make my life exciting. Then see you stand by me, always supporting. I'm Gary Field, just drive a truck. I'm Gary Field, just drive a limousine. It really doesn't matter if you drive a Ferrari. I really don't care, cause I just love your company. Then let's visit Dodge Mall, eat each lobster in your deli. Go to Goa, drink some fanny, and go dancing on golden beaches. I'm care if you have a master card. I'm care if you have a visa card. It really doesn't matter if you got me card. Still have some fun in all those crowds. Let's have fun. Let's have fun. Lots of fun. Lots of fun.